MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Today, the independent UK reports that a DC grand jury will vote Thursday to indict Donald Trump on espionage and obstruction charges. Mark Meadows is cooperating on a limited immunity deal with Jack Smith. Steve Bannon has been subpoenaed by the special counsel. Tyler Budowich has testified to the documents grand jury in Florida. And Justice Thomas is delaying disclosures after the reports of his travel and real estate deals came out. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, happy Thursday. Holy shit. I, I, <laughs> holy Thursday, Batman. Yeah, this week went by very quickly. Yeah, and so, so much uh, news about the special counsel investigations coming out. Uh, that's pretty much all it's been today, wall to wall, is is news about Donald Trump getting indicted. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to cover uh, all that. Of course, we're going to go over it in detail and talk about the ins and outs and some of the inconsistencies we're getting from different reports out of the UK versus some of our more trusted outlets here in the United States. We're going to take a deep dive on the Jack podcast this weekend. So that'll be fun. It's going to be good. Yep. If you're not listening yet, I highly recommend it. Just go to the podcast wherever you listen and just type in Jack and you'll see his big face pop up. It's great. All right. We have so much news to get to today. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from the justice team at the New York Times, Mark Meadows the final White House chief of staff under the former guy and a key figure in inquiries related to Donald has testified before a federal grand jury hearing evidence in the investigations being led by the special counsel's office. That's according to two people briefed on the matter. This is the first that we've heard that Meadows was actually in front of a grand jury. And I want to know how he snuck in there. Honestly, I'm going to ask Andy about that later for this weekend's Jack episode. But Meadows is a figure in both of the two distinct lines of inquiry being pursued by special counsel the one Jack Smith appointed to oversee the scrutiny of Trump. And one inquiry is focused on Trump's effort to cling to power after losing the 2020 election, culminating in the attack by a pro-Trump mob on the Capitol during congressional certification of the Electoral College results. That was January 6th. The other is the investigation into Trump's handling of hundreds of classified documents after he left and whether or not he obstructed efforts to retrieve those documents. It's not clear precisely when Meadows testified or if investigators questioned him about one or both of the cases. For months, people in Mr. Trump's orbit have been puzzled. You know, it's funny, though. They're really easy to puzzle. And seriously, what are you puzzled by anymore? But please continue. <laughs> what? Halligan was puzzled? But they've also been wary about the low profile kept by Mr. Meadows in the investigations. As reports surfaced of one witness after another going into the grand jury or to be interviewed by federal investigators, Meadows kept largely out of sight. And some of Trump's advisors believed he could be a significant witness in the inquiries. Mr. Trump himself has at times asked aides questions about how Mr. Meadows is doing, according to a person familiar. When asked about the grand jury testimony, a lawyer from Mr. Meadows, who's George Terwilliger III, said, quote, without commenting on whether or not Mr. Meadows has testified before the grand jury or in any other proceeding, 
Mr. Meadows has maintained a commitment to tell the truth where he has a legal obligation to do so. Other, <laughs> otherwise, he lies like a fucking asshole. But I love that line. When he's got a legal <laughs> obligation, he's going to be honest. Yes, that's when he's going to tell the truth. Now, Andrew Feinberg at The Independent in UK is reporting that Meadows has been given limited immunity in exchange for pleading guilty to some lower level crimes, which would mean Meadows is cooperating, likely in both the documents and January 6th probes. But Terwilliger, Meadows' lawyer, says that's BS. He didn't say that. He just, he, he denies that, the claims that, that Meadows is going to plead guilty and was given limited immunity. And no U.S. outlet has corroborated this reporting from The Independent. But The Independent also reported that the Department of Justice is preparing to ask Washington, D.C. grand jury to indict the former guy Thursday for espionage and obstruction. But the Washington Post says, the and the Guardian, by the way, says the Justice Department prosecutors are planning to bring a significant portion of any charges stemming from the mishandling of classified documents at a nearby federal court in South Florida, the Southern District of Florida, according to people familiar with the matter. Again, we'll have more on the Jack podcast, including my beans about what case is being heard in Florida. So, AG, you may not know the answer to this, but I'm curious. I don't know if any of the other listeners are. If they're sending a lot of this to a Florida court, is it still a federal case or do some of these charges become state's crimes? Nope, it's still a federal case. Southern District of Florida, uh, U.S. Attorney's Office is federal, reports to the Department of Justice. Wonderful. Thank you for the clarity. I learn things every day. <laughs> All right, and this is from NBC. It seems the former Trump White House official Steve Bannon, I love that they call him that, Three Shirts Bannon, has been subpoenaed by a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. And this is in connection with special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into January 6th. And of course, as we know, the former president's efforts to stay in office at no end, according to two sources familiar with the matter. The subpoena for documents, testimony, that was sent out in late May. This is from our sources. The grand jury investigating Trump's actions surrounding January 6th and in connection with efforts to interfere with the peaceful transfer of power is separate from the grand jury in Miami that heard testimony on Wednesday about Trump's handling of classified documents. He's just in a lot of shit all over the place. <laughs> a spokesman for the special counsel declined to comment. Bannon's attorney, Harlan Protus, declined to comment. Bannon, who now hosts a podcast, and I don't laugh because some very good people host podcasts, but I love that that's his claim to fame now, was previously charged with contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate after he received congressional subpoenas from the January 6th committee and was convicted, by the way, of two charges in July of 2022 following a jury trial. In October, the U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols sentenced Bannon to four months in federal prison, but suspended the sentence while Bannon pursued appeals. Mm. Yep, he got to just kind of hang out outside of jail. He'd be done with his sentence by now, but oh well. All right, this is from Hugo Lowell at The Guardian, and this is some major, major reporting. This is an incredible scoop. Federal prosecutors formally informed Donald Trump's lawyers last week that the former U.S. president is a target of the criminal investigation examining his retention of national security materials at Mar-a-Lago and obstruction of justice. That's according to two people briefed on the matter. The move dramatically raises the stakes for Trump as the investigation appears to near its conclusion after taking evidence before a grand jury in Washington and a previously unknown grand jury in Florida that was impaneled last month. And by the way, Dana, Hugo Lowell has traveled to Miami now. They're all down there. Lovely. Trump's lawyers were notified before they met on Monday with the special counsel Jack Smith leading the Mar-a-Lago documents case and a senior career official in the deputy attorney general's office. And they made the case that prosecutors should not indict the former president in the matter. 
Trump has reportedly said he has not been personally informed by the DOJ that he was a target when asked directly by a New York Times reporter, but demurred when asked whether his legal team had been told about it. <laughs> it's so weird, too, because he's like, no, I haven't been indicted. But all over True Social, he's like, they're going to indict me. It's yeah. just, it's the, it's the, <laughs> like, pick a lane. The development, earlier reported by conservative outlet Just the News, comes as prosecutors have evidence of a criminal conduct occurring at Mar-a-Lago and have decided that any indictments should be charged in the Southern District of Florida where the resort is located, rather than in Washington. That goes against the independent UK's reporting that I was talking about earlier from Andrew Feinberg that says the D.C. grand jury was going to vote Thursday, today, as you listen to this, on obstruction and espionage. I was telling a friend about this story, and before you continue, she said the funniest thing. She said, Trump getting tried in Florida is like trying the devil in hell. (laughs) (laughs) That works on so many levels. Doesn't it? I love that statement. I love that statement. To that end, prosecutors last month started issuing subpoenas to multiple Trump aides that compelled them to testify before this new grand jury in Florida, impaneled around the time that the grand jury in Washington stopped taking new evidence. That's according to two people familiar with the matter. So what it seems like here is that they decided, Jack Smith decided, we have to do this in Florida, closed up shop in D.C. and moved the whole thing down to the Southern District of Florida grand jury. Now, on Wednesday, Hugo continues, former Trump spokesperson Taylor Budowich testified before the Florida grand jury and was asked in part about a statement that Trump drafted in early 2022 that said he had given everything back after he returned the 15 boxes of materials to the National Archives. Whoops. But that statement was never issued. Budowich is understood to have confirmed that. Several aides to Trump were against releasing the statement because they weren't confident that the assertion was accurate. That's (laughs) according to a person closer to the former president. What charges might emanate from Florida remains unclear, but prosecutors would most probably prefer to bring charges in D.C., where the judges at the U.S. District Court are more familiar with handling national security cases. Though Florida has a robust national security section, and the jury pool does skew more Democratic, impaneling of grand juries has to do with where prosecutors believe a crime was committed, And the most straightforward reason for the Florida grand jury is that prosecutors have developed evidence of criminal activity at Mar-a-Lago, which is in the Southern District of Florida. But that makes me wonder why you would have it started in D.C. almost all the way up to the end, you know? That's a good question. I'm sure that will be answered as this continues, though. Because they developed evidence there were crimes at Mar-a-Lago before they went into search. That's how they got the search warrant. Right. It was to develop the crimes took place. So it's interesting they moved it so late if that's what is happening here. Similarly, if prosecutors have developed evidence Trump knew he had retained national security documents after he left office at Mar-a-Lago, for instance, by waving them around or showing people, that could present hurdles to charging the Espionage Act violations in D.C. The venue for an obstruction of justice charge is more difficult to deduce. Meanwhile, because the courts have uh, provided little guidance about how it should be applied under Section 1519 of the Criminal Code, which prosecutors listed on the affidavit for the search warrant. Generally, other obstruction statutes hold that the venue depends on where the impeded proceeding was taking place. In the Trump documents investigation, the subpoena last year demanding the return of classified documents was issued in Washington. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, however, has ruled in previous cases that the correct venue is where the acts of obstruction took place. So prosecutors are considering obstruction charges for Trump's steps to conceal classified documents after the subpoena. Florida would make sense as the venue. So 
all of this, I'm going to ask all these questions to Andy McCabe about venue and, and jurisdiction for obstruction on the Jack podcast. It's all going to be so good. All I know is it feels like indictments are coming. Yeah, that's the one thing that's for sure. That's the top line of that Hugo Lowell story is he got a letter saying, yeah. you're a target. And that's legal language 999 times out of a thousand. When you get a target letter, you get indicted. Oh, be a beautiful thing. All right. Last in the segment is from Marimau and Barnes at the Washington Post. This is about our crooked court, it seems. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has asked for more time to file annual financial disclosures after criticism that he did not report luxury travel and real estate deals with a Texas billionaire and Republican donor, Harlow. Now, Justice Samuel A. Alito Jr. also asked for an extension. Uh-huh. As he has done in previous years, though. But both requests were confirmed by Administrative Office of the U.S. Courts on Wednesday. That's the same day that disclosure reports filed by their court colleagues were posted, by the way, on the court system's website. So everybody did it except for Thomas and Alito. Indeed. The reports covering activity in 2022 and detailed below in the story show that the justices earned thousands of dollars from teaching, received payments for books they wrote, and accepted free travel to lecture and legal conferences, and that's including in Italy and Scotland, by the way. Well, only one justice reported gifts, Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson. She joined the court last June, and I love these two gifts, by the way, that she reported. One of them was a $1,200 congratulatory flower arrangement from Oprah Winfrey and a $6,580 designer outfit she wore in photos for Vogue magazine piece. Now, I would just like to say, I do find it interesting And I think it tells a lot that the one black woman on the court is the one person that actually reported gifts, not saying other people didn't get them, but I think there's so much scrutiny with her specifically that I'm glad that she did what she needed to do because if she hadn't, this would have turned into a very different story. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's a beautiful thing. I love that she's on the up and up. And I think Justice Jackson is doing a wonderful job following what she needs to be doing as a Supreme Court justice. All right, moving on. Now, the Supreme Court is under increasing pressure from Democratic lawmakers and transparency advocates to strengthen disclosure rules and adopt ethics guidelines specific to the justices after news reports revealed Thomas's undisclosed real estate deals and private jet travel and raised questions about the recusal practices of both conservatives and liberal justices. Now, Thomas's 2022 filing was highly anticipated after ProPublica reported on the justice's financial dealings with his close friend and benefactor, Texas businessman, Executive Harlan Crow. Now, instead, Thomas will have up to 90 additional days to submit his filing, which could include updates related to his finances from past years. Now, revised ethics rules adopted in March require the justices, and all federal judges, by the way, to provide a fuller public accounting of the free trips and other gifts they accept. The changes make clear. For instance, let's say that judges must report travel by private jet. The revised rules were also designed to clarify which gifts can be counted as, quote, personal hospitality from a close friend and exempt from disclosure. You know, if Kataji Brown Jackson was friends with Oprah Winfrey, she didn't have to say anything, but she did because she's an upstanding woman. Now, (laughs) judges are not alone in having to fill out such forms. Federal ethics law requires top officials from all branches of government, including the legislative and executive branches, to file annual disclosures listing investments, gifts, and spousal and outside income that the public can assess 
potential conflicts of interest so that they know that their judges are not taking bribes for court. Right. That's one of the reasons that the New York Times and a judge agreed with the Times that the people who posted George Santos's bail should be revealed. So we know who he's getting those gifts from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, there were small signs Wednesday that the scrutiny of the court's practices have had an impact. Okay, Justice Elena Kagan, for the first time, explained her disclosure form that the rental income she has listed in previous years comes from a parking space she owns in D.C., the space is valued between $15,000 and $50,000, and Kagan collects between $2,500 and $5,000 in rent. That's according to the filing. Now, Chief Justice John Roberts made slight revisions to how he reports his wife's income after stories this year detailed her work recruiting lawyers to work at law firms, and some of them have been in front of the court, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if you Google the story, the authors go through all the disclosures, by the way, of all the justices, except, of course, what Thomas and Alito are late handing in. So those won't actually be in the story. My God. Yeah. What, what, I really think that this should be investigated, like by the Department of Justice, um, what's going on with Absolutely. Thomas. Absolutely. All right, fam, before we go to a break, I have something I want to say. A video of me using a homophobic slur at a comedy show in 2009 has uh, come up recently in far-right online spaces. And even though only a handful of people have seen it, I just wanted to say that I am so very sorry. And I'm also very worried about any hurt I caused for those who saw it. Uh, I want to be clear, it was absolutely wrong then, it's wrong now, and I'm not going to make any excuse for it. Um, There has been a resurgence of anti-LGBTQ hatred over the past few years. People are in danger, and it, it it breaks my heart that this video could add to that. So I wanted to apologize to to you, Dana, to our listeners, the LGBTQ community, for this uh, very careless and thoughtless mistake, uh, particularly uh, gay and bisexual men. And I want to make it clear, I will never neglect the fight for the LGBTQ community and equality. So thank you for thank letting you. me say that. Absolutely, my dear friend. Um, for the listeners, I just want you to know, AG and I spoke earlier. Um, I was not aware of the video. Um, and uh, she brought it to my attention in a very emotional conversation. And I think we talk a lot on this show about sincere apologies and growth. We have people writing in, say they voted for Trump at one point. They didn't know. And, you know, our humanity has been on display in this podcast. And I just want you to know, my friend, that I don't speak for the entire community. I speak for myself in saying that I forgive you. I know your heart. I've worked with you for several years now, and I appreciate that there was no excuses made. It was just a acceptance of responsibility and deep, deep regret. You are a beautiful human who has done so much good and continues to do so much good. I see you as an ally and a friend. And again, I won't speak for the community, but I thank you. And I thank you for your apology with no excuses. And I think the listeners will also have the same appreciation. Um, this isn't something you had to do. This isn't a story that has blown up. This is something you chose to do and actually shed more light on it than had been. And I think that's very honorable. And I just want you to know, I love you. I see, I see you. And I think that we as a community, at least for me, I will speak for myself. We need to have grace and especially for people who are evolving and continue to evolve and grow and become allies because there's so much room for evolution 
especially when it comes to the LGBTQ community. So I love you. I'm sorry for the pain that you're experiencing as well. And just know that I hold you. I hold you in that. And thank you for holding the community in any pain that you may have caused. And I love you very much. Thank you, Dana. I love you too. Um, everybody, we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I was tired of taking so many pills and supplements, and I wanted something that was easy to add to my busy schedule. I take AG1 first thing every morning, one delicious scoop and a cup of water. I do it before I do anything else. It makes me feel like I can take on the world. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. And they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Uh, I started using AG1 after a friend recommended it to me. I've been hooked ever since. Almost instantly, I saw benefits, including improved digestion, healthier skin and hair, better sleep. Uh, AG1 has simplified my health routine. It replaced a cabinet full of supplements and vitamins and gummies. And all it takes is that one delicious scoop in the morning. I've tried plenty of other supplements. AG1 with their high quality ingredients is the best of all of them, head and shoulders above. So if you're looking for a simple quality supplement, AG1 is your answer. Try it and feel the difference. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. That's athleticgreens.com slash daily beans. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news or confessions, corrections, uh, if you want to do a shout out for a local business or your own business, um, an adoptable pet in your area, or if you want to pay us some pod pet tax, you can do that. We play What the Mutt, What the Heck, Wine, Frog, Orgies, Babies, anything you want to send, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, first up from Sharon in Manchester, pronouns she and her. Quick botany correction. The purple flower from yesterday is a grape muscari which is a kind of type of hyacinth, but it's much tinier and it's lovely too. Here's a random picture of my cottage urban garden just because look at this happy place. Wow, that's <gasps> gorgeous. Oh, oh, that's so lovely. What a lovely garden. Thank you for that correction and thank you for sending in this picture, Sharon. Indeed, this is from Janine, pronouns she and her. Hi, Queens, it's silly, but Bear County, Texas is pronounced by locals as Bear, B-E-A-R. A.G., you got it right as you continued with the story today. As a Texas transplant who is also a former Spanish teacher, I never understood some of the pronunciations used locally in S.A. Side note, that's San Antonio. It's shortened to S.A., never to San Antone. Right. Uh, only te- only tour. almost said terrorists. Only tourists say that. Yeah, for, Right, it's like uh, people Frisco. call it San, San Fran or, or Frisco. Frisco. Yep. Yeah, sorry, guys. It's just the city. Yeah. Okay. All right. And can she continues? Uh, for example, the street is S.A. named Blanco, Spanish for the word white. It's said locally as Blank-O, like gringos might say it, and not Blanco, as like you would pronounce it in Spanish. After years of living in San Antonio, the purest Spanish teacher in me gave up and just started pronouncing it like the locals, even though I knew it was wrong. They say Blanco? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Blanco. <laughs> Blank, that's what. Blanco? Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, funny. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Is it? Is it S-A or S-A? Oh. Like, do, do, you, do you say it? I don't know. I Janine, think it's let us S-A. Know. 
That'd be funny. I would be, saw. Oh my god, that sounds like something in Southern California. Oh my god, I live like in we saw. call pizza. Like we call pizza Zah. Oh dear. Zah, Anyone bro. who calls pizza Zah really should not be around me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Next up from Matt, pronouns he and him. Hello, loquacious ladies of the legumes. Since you've been talking about Birdhouse in your soul for a few days now, I want to continue the streak and give a shout out to my favorite sci-fi author, Randolph Lalonde. He writes space opera series. Like the one is called Spinward Fringe that I'm obsessed with. And initially got the idea for the series while listening to the song. It shows up in the series from time to time as a bit of an Easter egg. It's a classic hero's journey where the main character sets out to discover his forgotten past and search for a daughter he doesn't know and ends up starting a revolution against a giant corporation that released a virus that turns everything with an AI against any human that hasn't paid into the system slash cult. It's fun, adventure-filled, and has epic space battles. There's something like 20 books in the series and counting, all available wherever you get your ebooks. Like any good drug, the first one's free. Keep up the good work. For pet tax, I give you, oh my God, pics of my friend who introduced me to the series dog, Kona, or Kona Bear, as we lovingly call her. She passed last year, but was finally remembered this past weekend at his wedding where his new wife gave credit to Kona for knowing right away that they were the perfect match for each other in her vows. <gasps> oh my goodness, that is a dog in a lay. Or grass skirt. Oh, oh. Actually. A little, great, maybe a green tutu. A lay is very different. You would think as a lesbian, I would know the difference. Oh, hey now. It's a hey. good lay. That's a grass skirt. Look at that beautiful dog. Oh, sweet baby. Hmm. How wonderful. What a great story. Thank you for Indeed. sending that in. All right. This is from Grammy or Tracy. Pronoun she and her. I'm a member of UCC.org. That's an open and affirming church, but I watched the Methodist uh, schism with bated breath, hoping my 80-20 rule would hold. This is Iowa. Anti-LGBTQ from governor to state house. Imagine my delight when only 11% of the Methodists left. Love wins over hate. Even here in Iowa, my grandson says we follow Jewish Jesus, not the Republican <laughs> dude. <laughs> yep. Bentley's 12. In his first year of middle school, moved from autism to autonomy. He learned to make ramen last month, so he's ready for college. That's, LOL. And look at that's that. That's really all you face. need. <laughs> the ramen. Oh, man. What a, yeah, cute that's, kid. That's a cute kid. That is seriously, Bentley's adorable. Seriously adorable. Yeah, a little mischievous Thanks too. For I that, bet. Grammy. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I love that from autism to autonomy. I love that. So good. Next up from Deborah, she, her, they, traveling the highways, byways, and gay interludes of America, listening to you and the rest of the progressive political pod world with a Broadway musical interlude once and again. I woke up this morning. There's a star there. Uh, I woke up this morning wondering which T-shirt to wear in Texas. Is it my pro-choice or my Black Lives Matter or my LGBTQ Pride shirt? Nope. <laughs> I love the play on woke. That's why the asterisk is there because of I DeSantis. Woke up yep. this morning. Nope. It's the crimes and crimes and crimes. I'm on a tender hooks waiting for my indictment, Twitter AG. Uh, here I am at Target in my Target cowperson hat. I love it with the big spring federal prison appropriately in the background. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. I love, I love you, Deborah. Thanks for all you do. No pets or kids, but you can follow me on Insta at vandyke.66. Full-time van lifer, home base in LA. I love van life. I love that little van and a pride flag at the end of this. That's fantastic. Oh, and your tattoo's gorgeous. You got cute art yep, on you. Yep, yep. Oh, thank you so much, love Deborah. It. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
All right, this is from Trey, pronouncing him. Hello, I'm a geologist, veteran, proud father and husband, and as a new listener of last year, I want to commend you for your the work. Ah, I want to commend you for your work. <laughs> I enjoyed listening during this rough time in history. I reflect on why it is so hard to place accountability. Why do people support violence and hate? Why we elect selfish people who are not interested in good in the good in life? I adhere to strict standards in my life, expect that, that of others, and my voting is in line with sound, compassionate values. Thank you again for your pet tax. I introduce you to Fritz, an abandoned shih tzu that chose us by showing up at our back door in bad shape. We've gone through our trials and tribulations, but he has been a loving addition to our family. Oh, what a sweet baby. Maybe you went through trials and tribulations because you put bunny ears on him <laughs> and an egg in his mouth, although he looks very happy about this actual specific thing. Oh, my gosh. Thing. Oh, there he is with a haircut in a guitar case. That's very uh, a pet bed. My guitar case, if you leave it open, there's a pet inside instantly. Instantly. My goodness. Send us your pets in guitar cases, please. I want to see them. Next up from Ethan F. Pronouns he and him. Greeting beans, queens. Long time, first time. I have a question for Dana that's been burning inside me for a few years since I first started listening to the pod. Did you play drums at Hummingbird? I hope it's okay to ask. If so, I'm very happy for your success. And if not, I'm also very happy for your success, but it's a less personal element. <laughs> a picture of Dana's Sandia <laughs> Mountains as tax. I greatly value what this podcast does. Thanks for helping me sort through this wild world with swearing. So, Ethan F., I, I texted the producer, uh, our sweet Kanai, and he asked if he could include this in the in the, the good news. And I said, well, who's it from? And he told me your full name, and I was so excited. So, Ethan, this <gasps> is Dana from Hummingbird Music Camp that played the drums. I love that you listen to the <laughs> podcast. Um, I love that you're out in this world doing good things. And so... Um, I, I can, I think I can get your email from Kanai. Uh, I, I'd love to send you a message. It'd be fun to catch up, but thank you so much for the compliment. And those were some good years. I, I bet you there's more hummingbird music camp listeners on this podcast as well. And uh, I don't want to get into any of the drama. You know what I'm talking about right now? There's a horrifying story that came out of one of the kids from the owners, but, uh, it was a good, it was good years in my life. I went to hummingbird music camp from when I was eight to when I was 18. I learned how to play the drums up there and, and jazz. And it, it was a beautiful time in my life. And I, I built lifelong friends. So Ethan F, it is so nice to hear from you, even if it is in word form. And I hope we can connect. So I love that you're a Beans oh, listener. MG for here's, I love, okay. I love that. I was the one who read that. I love that you yep. and our producer, Kanai, our network manager, discussed this. I love that you didn't tell me about it. Neither of you did. <laughs> and yep. I am, so you're sitting, she's sitting here on the Zoom looking at my shocked face like, no, nah, this is a weird. You're like, there's no way this is you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, I love it. It's so, I mean, it's crazy. And Ethan and I probably, God, if I was 8 to 18, that was 19. It was 2000. No, no, no. It was 1994. 1984 to 1994 were the years that I went to Hummingbird Music Camp. So this was a long fucking wow. time ago. Ethan and I probably haven't seen each other in 30 the years. 80s. What were you doing? Yeah. Like drums too? Like two of hearts, two hearts that beat as. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I mean, I mean to brag, but I was like, I was, there was, okay. So I was. I'm no, I know. You, you were like a super pro, like drum line, right? 
I, I was section leader of my my drumline as a sophomore girl at my high school. We used to win the drum competition in all of the high school competitions, and I was the second best jazz drummer in the state. There was one guy, his name was Andrew Squires. I doubt mm-hmm. Andrew listens to this, but he was like the savant of drumming, and I was always challenging him. I beat him once in a competition, and then no one else ever came close to us, but he was such a good guy too, but I loved playing. I had to sell my kit in college to like pay bills or some shit, but... I auditioned for Stomp twice. I got a callback in in San Francisco when I auditioned. Like drums was a huge part of my life for yeah, a really long time. We got a good time. fallback. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I I totally feel yeah. that. I was second chair alto in state choir for 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 four years. There and you the go. Fir- and I was never even mad about it because that first chair alto savant. She was crazy good. I was just I looked up to her so much. That's so cool. Wow, you guys surprised me. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't know about that because I didn't know if Kanai no, had sent it to both of us. So I'm just like, what? No, what? <laughs> That's so fucking cool. <laughs> that was an honest response. Uh, all right, it. guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for sending in your good news. You could send it in at dailybeanspod.com and, and click on contact. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Are you going to be here tomorrow, Dana? Are you traveling? I am not. I am hosting the Lambda Legal Awards Wonderful. in New York City. We're about to raise a lot of money because they are fighting all of this bullshit legislation, the over 500 bills, most of them unconstitutional, that are being put in our state legislatures. Lambda Legal is on the front lines, pro bono working in these cases so that men with HIV or AIDS can still fight in our military. So that a 12-year-old girl who just wants to run track, a tr- little trans girl with her friends can can do that so that, you know, the the elderly LGBTQ person who's being denied social security benefits can get those. Like, it's a fantastic organization. So I'm actually going to be in New York hosting. I will miss you all tomorrow. All right. I'll miss you too, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow. So uh, please, please tune in. And of course, you know, over the weekend, we'll have all the bonus episodes and, and Jack. So until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Oh. And take everyone with you. I almost did your line. I was like, go vote below over Q. <laughs> I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. And the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's or, it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Now, what do you mean, for some reason, Will Forte? 
What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Tees, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Tees, friends, and listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.